The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, welcome to Past Yet Present. I'm Marilyn Kapp, spiritual medium and author of Love is Greater Than Pain. Those who passed share our need for love, understanding, and resolution. Together, we go from communication to collaboration. Welcome back to Past Yet Present. Eamon Hamid is here to talk about his sweet nephew, Alan, Amir. <laughs> he goes by a couple of different names. And to talk about, oh God, the learning curve. Of course, Amir, Alan, is here also channeling in and talking about what happened for him following through the learning curve, the pain curve, the scary parts, all of that. And Eamon is kind enough to continue sharing with us. Hey. Hello, good listeners. Thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here. And we're just going to jump in and have some more exploratory fun, if we will. And Alan just came in and he talked about it being fun. And of course, that's, you know, the polar opposite. It doesn't make sense when you're dealing with, of course, you know, in his case, it was his illness, um, whatever the challenges are, it's not so easy to think of it in terms of joy or fun. But one thing that I've known always in terms of channeling, they out there will know how to make the person who's here on in the physical, the one who's receiving the, the channel's messages, how to make them laugh, especially kids. They will always find a way to make their parents laugh. And it's important to them because for them, the separation isn't the way we see it. They see us. They see us all the time. So they know even though they're suffering, eventually we'll be together in the same vibration vibration level and be together and be able to hug each other like on the physical plane, on the spiritual plane, and feel that. But while some of our loved ones might be in body, out of body at the same time, how do we balance that with being human, feeling what we feel? Um, I've been channeling lately how important it is to accept and love the adrenal system, the fight or flight, our antenna system, our humanness. We took it on to learn and expand and grow. When I was younger, I thought, oh, spiritual, I have to get out of Dodge, leave the body, go out and fly around. You know, it's, it's, it's important to be anchored here even when we're talking about the unanchoring 
Amir just wants us to know, talking about people coming in and people going out of body, there are anchors in body and out of body. They're holding babies and they deliver them to us and we catch them here in the physical plane. We want to hear more about being a doula. And he says, you know, a death doula because you're helping someone and you're aligning with them and you're helping them with their consciousness. But there's the receivers there. Out of body, they're waiting and they're already, well, he says, just stop talking. Okay, I will. I thought I was listening to you. Okay. Uncle Emo. Um. Good point. Excellent catch. Uh, How could death be fun? How could misery, sickness, illness, these heavy-duty subjects be fun? They can't. They can't. That's a simple answer. I agree. However, what does happen is that at any one given moment, as we are interacting, I'm going to limit my commentary and talk to the physical plane being alive, because obviously I haven't been to the other side, or if I have, I don't remember it. So we're going to talk about this. At any one moment, like right now, as I'm sitting here and having this good conversation with you, Marilyn, and you good listeners, I'm looking at a certain perspective of this room. We are sitting here, we are facing each other. Merlin is looking at me, I'm looking at Merlin. What I see is my perspective from this side of the table, and what Merlin sees is her perspective from that side of the table. We are engaged in the same conversation. We are engaged, we are present in the same room. Yet, we have completely different perspectives. Right above above Marilyn's head and behind her, I'm looking at this beautiful scenery of palm trees. Marilyn is looking at a different view behind me. So, what does that mean? Well, As we face situations, we see a certain number of elements and facts and ways of being. And as the situation gets more and more difficult, our vision tends to become more and more narrow. If somebody comes to me and starts calling me names, it is extremely natural for me to become angry get offended and get pissed off and want to go at them. But if I take a moment and slow down and breathe and look at them and allow for the possibility that maybe something that I said just triggered something in them. And maybe all they're doing is processing that trigger and allowing to release, allowing themselves to release it. That could potentially help me understand the situation. Where am I going with this? We're talking about death. We're talking about uh, after death. We're talking about death doula ship. 
a lot of times as I go out to help people with the transition, with the end of life, 11th hour and transitioning, there is no open communication. They are unbed, they are out of it, they are going through the process of getting ready to leave their physical bodies. So naturally, I have no idea what they have experienced in their life. The point is, I don't need to know. I'm not there to correct or change anything. The job of helping somebody experience transitioning is simply showing the way. You don't do the work for them. It's different than our physical plane and life. You just simply show the way and allow for the person to take steps at their own pace. We're talking about Alan. When Alan got diagnosed with his cancer, which was out of the blue, it took some time for him to process it personally, to get it, to understand it. Imagine you're in your early 30s, you're on top of your world, the whole world is your playing ground. And Alan was quite a happy, smiling, kind, good-hearted person. Yes, I am biased. I am his uncle. I'm not going to say I was. I still am his uncle. But it was for him to come to peace with it first. He needed time to really process that situation. And it wasn't just him, his mom, his sister, his uncles, his family, his friends, people that loved him. The norm is for people who face these situations to come and want to try to say something to make it easier. There is nothing to say to make it easier. There is nothing to do to make it more convenient. All you have to do is just accept what the situation is, and work with it. Well, that sounds pretty hard. Right. Go ahead, please jump in. Right. It's, I, I, want to, I want to hear more about that, because I think that the thinking about it of work, it's, it's the heart. The heart wants to help. Yes. The best help we can offer anybody, is to actively listen. It is not to speak. It is not to provide solutions. It is not to make it easier. It's just to be there and help them process it. How do I, pro how do I help them process it? With your presence. With your heart. With your touching. One, one thing I've learned from people who are out of body, but also people going through it, people will often call up and say, so-and-so, my mom, my this, my that, they're getting ready to go out, but they're holding on, they're afraid, they're afraid. That's a mm -hmm. very common, they're afraid. While so many people, you know, we're, we're with the people we love as they're nearing and getting ready for and having transition, 
Um, I get so many calls where people will talk about, you know, they're hanging on and they're afraid to let go. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, and we project our thoughts onto them because maybe we have those thoughts and, and maybe they do. And I, I haven't come across that many people who are literally afraid. A couple of things do happen though. They might be hesitating because, well, they, they like being with the people who are there. And I hear so very often, um, while they're still in body and able, because you can channel people in that state, of course. And of course, I didn't know that until I did it a whole bunch. So I don't mean to be, of course, but, and, and then afterwards, they'll talk about that they were basking in the love of the physical plane and the spiritual plane. And yes, they can feel both just like we can in the physical, we feel the love of our ancestors and loved ones. And out of body, they feel us and they hear every word. But in that state where they're, you know, maybe going in and out of consciousness, they're really absorbing and feeling the presence and the love of all the vibration. And that's a pretty hard thing to let go of when you're basking in that. And so many times, you know, it's, it's interesting because somebody will call in a panic and, and, and I just left the room and I just go back in there and look at their face and maybe there's a smile. They're having a really beautiful experience. And because we're so worried about them not being okay or being frightened, we're, we, you know, it's, it's amazing because what happens is the out-of-body people become more and more visible to them. When my mom was getting ready to go out, one of the hospice nurses came over to me and said, you know, she might say she sees people and it would really be nice if you just agreed because, you know, it, it gives them comfort. And I said, yeah, well, I, I see them too. And he went, oh, you see them too, I do too, and that's why I do this work and I love, you know. There are a lot of us, but you know, you might not realize that the person is not suffering the way we're suffering at the thought of letting go of that person in the physical. Mm -hmm. And they're basking in that love. The other thing that happens, there's this thing called, and I, I, I want to really follow up on both of these ideas quite a bit, but I just want to bring up the other one too. Um, now is that the, people have apnea. Mm -hmm. And of course, doctors have a lot of reasons for why that happens. What happens when I've been with people, and I don't know if this has been your experience as well, it feels to me, and from what I could see visually, they're practicing. Mm -hmm. I will literally see someone go out of their body, and the body stop breathing, and, and uh, they're back in. Yes. And they want to get it right. Or they want to make sure, you know what I hear all the time? They're practicing with their out-of-body loved ones who are helping them to go out of body and make sure they can see everybody. Yes. Because they want to make sure they will not lose the contact. Mm -hmm. And so these two things, basking in that love from all of the vibrational fields and the practicing for that insurance, there's a joyfulness in that even with everything that's going on. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> no, please, everything you're saying is so, so right on. Imagine you want to go on a vacation. You call around, you look on the internet, you pick a destination, you try to study or learn as much as you possibly can about your goal, your destination, where you're going to go to have fun, to enjoy yourself. Then you embark on this whole process of arranging the transportation, making sure it's the right flight and this and, and the hotel, so on and so forth. 
Next, you get on the plane, you go through the flight, and you arrive. And the immediate feeling that you get that comes, if it's a new place that you're going, is, I don't know what to do here. I don't know how to get a taxi. I don't know where the hotel is. I don't know where I'm going to do this, where I'm going to do that. You know, all of these things that I don't know. It is very easy for all of these factors to create anxiety. The unknowing, the not knowing. Death is a transition. With the exception that you don't get to spend all that time trying to figure out what's on the other end. So from the point of view of the person dying you're going into a blind situation. It's 100% unknown. From the point of view of the people surrounding the person going through that journey, through that transition, it is not only as unknown as the person experiencing, it is also sad. Right. Especially in the case of children. Of course. Younger generation. With the older folks, which is me. Like us. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> the idea always is, well, you know, she lived a good life. He had a good life and everything was done. And, you know, we, we, we try to console ourselves inside. With the younger generation, with children, with accidents, with mishaps, with turmoils, with natural disasters... All of these factors multiply quite a lot. And then for both of these groups, humans are creatures of habit. So whatever we have practiced for a while, we're used to doing that. Well, guess what? We've never practiced dying. The closest that people have come to is near-death experiences, and that's very far and few in between. So it is very natural, it's very expected, it's very normal to become fearful. Of course. Fear is not a bad thing. Fear is our way of our system, our mind, body, and soul trying to guide us through a correct decision so that we don't get hurt. So, and you see this all the time. When I go and to try to help somebody to go through the death transition as a death doula, 11th hour, end of life, generally the people who are there, if any, are the people who love the one who's going to pass. And what do they want? They don't want him to go. Right. They want to hang on. It is very natural and normal for them to say, oh, this person is afraid to go, as opposed right. to, I am afraid to let this person go. Yes. Yeah. Now, why do I not want to say, I want this person to go? Because I don't want to be the big bad wolf who wished for my mother's death. Right. <laughs> 2020, uh, 2021, mom was getting ready to pass. Um, she had lived a good life and she wanted to go. 
But accepting her wish that she wants to go was not an easy task. And I'm experienced in this area. And I've been through these practices. And I've been training for these things. And I could feel how difficult it was. So I had to have many, many difficult and harsh heart-to-hearts with myself to get myself out of the way and understand that her dying is not a bad thing, necessarily. It could be a beautiful thing because if she doesn't die and if she stays, who knows what's coming? So it's dying versus suffering. Right. So sometimes the dying is a blessing, it's a rebirth. I think you're 100% right. Do you know how many times I channel people where they thank the person for saying, you know, oh, it's it's so funny because you, usually it, it's a parent who says this, um, you lied to me. The person goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> and the parent out of body who's passed says, well, you lied. You said you, you're okay and it's okay to go. Thank you for lying to me. I needed so it. So I can go. So I can go. They don't want to leave us. They worry about us. Mm-hmm. Dogs and cats do too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so, you know, not that I'm comparing, but you know, the soul wants to stay and not disappoint and love. And it's really hard for people to let go. And I think that's why the practicing, oh, I'm going to make sure I can see you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure. So, yeah. And because it's a difficult experience it's a uh, i'm not going to say difficult transition because i don't know what the transition is i have not experienced it, so i cannot speak to that maybe alan can because it's a difficult experience the tendency for the people around if they are around is to want to not to experience it's tough to see somebody that you care for, somebody that you love, is going to take their last breath. Right. So what is my natural reaction? I don't want you to take your last breath. Right. It's extremely normal. It is. And again, especially with children. And um, it's interesting. One thing we've talked about a few times is often kids who are sick, parents beg Mm. them to stay. You know, and they feel they're letting people down. And, you know, Alan is one of those guys out there. That's his job to help in that situation. You know, turn and look at them. You see, they're crying because they love you. Mm. It isn't, but you didn't disappoint them. It's because they love you. You know, sometimes it's inevitable and the person can't help that they have to go out of body. And yeah, they don't want to, you know, so that help is there. One, One thing to always remember we, you know, we're always wanting to do right by the people we love. And like you're talking about, yes. is that we're navigating something we might not know at all. And it's scary and it's sad. I was about to say something and I just had to stop. It's like, what, 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 what? And uh, Alan said, I, I want to put it in my words um, rather than yours. Because I'm out here and you can talk to me anytime. You can tell me anytime. If you came to my bedside and said, please don't go, please don't go, please, you can tell me, oh, okay, now I get it. When somebody can't do for us what we might need in the moment because they're in too much pain or too, whatever it is they're in, it's never too late to offer that heart 
offer that if you couldn't in that moment. And that's important to us. And I think that I love calling you <laughs> Uncle Jula. <laughs> I love that because you are helping people. And, and I feel like, you know, my what I'm doing now out here, I've learned through my experience, just like you did, and, and mom too. And we're all offering that to help others with that. And it's, it, he says, it's just, I have to say, he keeps stopping because it's beyond words. But words are what you can give me if you feel like it. But you know what else you can do for anyone who's out there who feels like, oh, maybe I begged them, maybe I didn't say, maybe I didn't say it was okay to go, and I didn't. We look at that as love for us because you want us, because you love us. And so we're not upset at those things. But when you feel something, it, it's what Uncle Dula is saying. It's this moment right now. If you're listening to this and you have something to say, just stop and take a breath. And what is it you want to say to us? Because we are here. If you're listening to something like this, you've sat down and you're listening to the loved ones and they've gathered to talk to you because... Your vibration is going up just with this conversation. So we like to listen, but you can talk to us too at any point in time. It's the human condition to hope you get it right. And my uncle is telling you so many ways of the heart, but we all stumbled around. We're all figuring it out as we went. And we all know the intention from our heart, from our gut. And it's okay. And don't worry about if you didn't get this right or that right. Because most likely if you didn't get it right, it was out of love. Would you like to know some tricks that I used? Uh, I hope I remember. Would you like to know some tricks that I used to process the transition of Alan? Yes. We are talking about accepting hard facts, passing of a loved one, and being at peace with it. Well, there, is a, there are a lot of non-tangibles there. There are a lot of variables. So what we can do is take very small steps in that direction. What am I talking about? When Alan passed, I didn't want to accept that he was passing or that he had already passed. It's called grieving. There are, you know, certain stages and there are a lot of studies on the psychology of grief and death and dying and so on and so forth. But when it comes to practice, how do I practice this stuff? So one thing that um, I did and I decided, and to be honest with you, I don't remember if I read it someplace or if I just chose it or how it happened. I decided hummingbirds are angels. So from there on, whenever I would see a hummingbird, I would imagine it's Amir, I mean, Alan, visiting <laughs> us, right? Yeah. That brought lots of peace. I bet it brought lots of hummingbirds because Alan was playing with you. There were plenty of hummingbirds around. Now, to be honest with you, I don't know if all of the hummingbirds all showed up all of a sudden. You know, I don't know that. What I do know is that 
I chose a different perspective. Remember we were talking right. about it earlier? Mm-hmm. So I chose them as a symbol. And then later on, the confirmation came that a lot of people consider uh, butterflies and birds as signs of angels. Like, great. Yeah. I can play with that. I'm okay with that. I love seeing birds. Something else that I did was whenever the memories came and the sadness came, I went to my corner and I allowed myself to be sad as a whatever you want to put after that (laughs) expression and cry and uh, basically allow the energy of sadness I'm sorry, basically first recognize the energy of sadness and then allow it to come out. It's part of being human. It's part of being human. That's why we are here. We are not supposed to be any particular way. For folks who are listening to this good show of yours and they're thinking, well, that's not going to work for me. No problem. Pick something else. Right. Alan wants to talk about that for a second. He says, you know, I channel in all the time that, you know, people are looking for signs right away. They want to know right away. And of course, I don't blame them. And people out there, especially kids, will say, well, I'm learning how to do it now. (laughs) Give Give me a minute. (laughs) I'm learning how to do it. And so... Alan is talking about the interplay, your choice and what it was going to be. He's rubbing his hands together and going, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, we're going to do this. And you're looking at all of them, like you said, whether it was him or not. He was there. He mm-hmm. was playing. And he says, okay, this is what we're doing now. And it helped him learn how to do it. And he always wanted to learn how to do everything, you yes. know, he, he, you know, how to telepathy and channeling and it's, you know, while he was still here and how am I going to work it out there? You are making that choice without even realizing it mm-hmm. was helping him. And mm-hmm. I think, isn't that how the beauty and the grace of it goes? And the it love. Make, and it makes perfect sense because yeah. that particular loved one, that child, that father that mother that person is also going through a transition yes so they need time to figure out what's going on right you know people think they have access to everything the minute they go out and there's plenty of access for what i hear i see what they allow me to see while i'm in the physical body but i channel in all the time that we need to remember we're not any less because we have our overcoat on our instrument our vehicle We're that spiritual being, and that knowledge is inside us. Mm -hmm. But part of the deal is to have the human experience and figure out who we are here is to forget. Yes. And those reminders, when we're so in love with the people who are going through it, and we want to feel it, and how often, oh, I wish it were me instead of that. And we, you know, that isn't how it works. But we like to put put ourselves in the position and understand it. And of course... Having people share that perspective, being there as the person who's chaperoning, midwifing, and then hearing from the people who have actually transitioned out of how important that is. Mm -hmm. We realize how we can just 
meet vibrationally with a shared intention, even if there are those hiccups or overwhelming avalanches of fear and whatever we've been taught. Yes. And as far as doing all of these steps, what you just talked about, there are perfect opportunities to practice every single one, not within the context of death and dying, but within the context of experiencing the different, the unknown. For example, uh, there are a lot of folks right now who are getting close to and experiencing death on a lone basis. Yes. They're completely alone. Why are they alone? Um, some of it has to do with families not being available, distance, this, you know, it's not really difficult to figure out. But there are some factors that are under our influence at this moment, and there are some factors which are not under our influence at this moment. What am I talking about? Let's suppose and say I'm an intrinsic people. I'm just the kind of person who does not enjoy spending time with other people. Okay. Am I supposed to change myself to prepare myself for death and dying? No. Absolutely not. You're supposed to be honest to yourself and you're supposed to be authentic with yourself. So that's part of me being quiet. Okay, great. But there are activities that a quiet person likes to do. So you can potentially find like-minded people and try to do that with right. groups or if not groups with one other person and slowly build up your change or way of living differently so that you have other people around you. Why do I need people around me? People just hurt me. No, not everybody hurts us. We have had hurtful experiences. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I started, the first time I fell in love, I was probably 18 or so. And after that, I fell in love a few more times, and I had broken hearts a few more times, and it hurt, and it was bad, and it was this, and it was that. But that whole process has taught me so well to find or to be present that Right now, I am the fortunate person of having been with somebody I absolutely love for, it's been eight years that we are together. Now. That's awesome. That's a blessing. Yes. But before her, I was married to somebody else and she wasn't bad. We just didn't match. She wasn't terrible. Before her, there were other people that I was in relationships with 
Maybe they had some challenges. Maybe I had some challenges. Maybe it was all a matter of going through the school of love, grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, till I get to the graduation level. And now that I am fortunate enough to be experiencing that, is it going to stay like that? No, who knows? Today I'm doing this podcast with you guys and I love it. And after the podcast, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to have the purpose and the intention of going home. But there is no guarantee I will make it home. I hope I will. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> but, you know, life yes. happens. Yes. Life happened with Alan. Right. So as of this moment, as of this day, I'm just basking in the love that's present. If something happens and I become in need and I start experiencing death and dying uh, very soon, I have people who are going to help me. They are not there just by accident. They're there at a direct reaction and uh, consequence of how I'm, I'm behaving and how I'm being. Now, this conversation is not about me. I'm just using the example of myself because I don't want to say things about other people that may not be true. Look at yourself. Look at the way you're living. Look at the practices or the habits that you have. Start with the smallest possible examples. Let's say a friend of mine is a loner and they only like to spend time in a certain situation. Find one more person who likes the same situation and pair up for five minutes. See how it goes. Oh, I absolutely hate it. Okay, great. You're just not ready for it. Let it go. Hey, it wasn't too bad. Okay, great. You had a different experience. You have taken the first step to change. This is vague. I can't figure out what exactly to do. That vagueness is your teacher. That vagueness is your sign and clue that there is room for improvement in some regard. And nobody's perfect you know, and you have the free will and the choice of stepping in that direction. You choose where to go, what to do. In the channeling sessions that, Merlin, you do and you've been generous enough to share with us for so long for, and so well, one noticeable, noticeable fact is that they don't filter much. They put it right on the table. Yes, they do. Right? Yes, they do. Am I saying go and drop all your filters? No. Pick a small filter. Drop that. A friend calls me and goes, Eman, let's go to happy hours. If I feel like going, I can say, yes, I can go. I'm coming. If I don't feel like going, I don't have to go. Oh, what if my friend gets hurt? Well, it's for my friend to deal with the hurtness. I'm just not in the mood to go to happy hours right now. You know, I can't go. If it keeps repeating itself, okay, maybe there is something, something else, else there. Play with it. Practice with it. Try it. I think it's that's so important. And 
it's interesting because this, you know, kind of ripe age I'm coming to, you know, we, we talk about that. We're so programmed to assume what people need and jump in and run and do it. And, well, what do I feel like? You know, do mm -hmm. I want to? Do I not want to? Mm -hmm. And people taking it personally or not personally. I think that's really such an important piece of consciousness. It really is. It absolutely is. And earlier, before we spoke about the oxygen mask, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. See, all of this stuff um, has a tendency, all of these kind of conversations and actions, they have a tendency to become really complex really fast. Mm -hmm. So therefore, hence the idea of simplifying things and taking small steps. If I like it, I rinse and repeat. If I don't like it, I'll try something else. I think that's really, really important. It's interesting, too, because having these conversations, we're having the conversation, we feel Amir, Alan with us, and other out-of-body people with us. Um, when somebody is in the situation, somebody is getting ready to transition, it's very different because it's. I've learned not to really believe in hypotheticals. Hypotheticals are brain practice. So the brain, when I have a hypothetical, I'll go through in my brain here and there and... You can only go so far because when you're actually in it, when you're there with Amir and he's getting ready, yeah, you still have your brain, you have everything you brought to the table. But there's also, in real time, you're being downloaded with what's going on around you energetically. Your dad's there. Wolfie the dog is there. Most people are not aware of a lot of things that are going on, but we're still affected by them. So if you have a hypothetical, how will I act in this situation? You, oh, I might not be able to, or I'm going to feel this. It's a brain thing until you're in it. And then there's, again, you're given maybe support or maybe fear. Everybody is different. But there's going to be what's the unseen, the downloading. Mm -hmm. And Amir is saying, maybe while, you know, you think about it, but maybe while it was happening, your dad, when, when Amir is lying there, maybe your dad, Eamon, as you're standing there and helping him, is right behind you. And we have Absolutely. an Eamon sandwich of mm -hmm. um, Amir and your dad. And that's not something... You can think about that as a hypothetical and pick up some of it because they're around us and they love us. Mm. But the energy of when we're going through it, you it's, it's interesting because you can have all the ideas and, and rules to go in and help. But it's really the presence and the listening that will allow beyond the mind for what's really going on. Absolutely. And do you need, to, like you said, do you know, need to know what's real, every detail of it? No, vibrationally, to ride that wave. And the funny thing is what you need to know comes in. Right. And that doesn't happen a in a lot hypothetical. Of people, a lot of people label right. themselves as, no, I never get messages. No, I never. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes. It's just a matter of, you know, everybody has a phone these days, right? We have our cell phones, mobile phones. Well, if when this phone is on it's, and somebody calls me, it's going to ring. I still have a choice of answering that phone or not. If I answer it, I'm going to get the message that they want me to get. If I don't answer it, I'm never going to get the message. I could just get a missed call. <laughs> yeah. So 
it's the same thing, your body, your being, your heart, your love, is your mobile phone at a different level. And with practice, with breathing, and, you know, these are not brain surgery kind of things. Breathing, you're breathing all the time. It's just making it active breathing. Or um, your presence, you are present. you, You have a body, you are in that body. That body is sitting someplace. So you are present. It's just that, are you aware in your environment? Are you focusing on what's going on in that moment or are you engaged in 600 different tasks because you have been fed the fact that multitasking is really good it's not it's multi-stressing really you know it it brings up an interesting thought i think some people and a lot of us are so busy multitasking that it's the news the devastating news or the challenge itself that fine-tunes you like that beam of light focused Mm -hmm. you know um, and, it, and it's interesting because as we're talking about it, all the things that we're talking about when you're in the situation, you can do he- all the time. But of course, the energy is different. And it is it is true when you're in that energy of it's the real deal and things are, you're in the presence, you'll be downloading. And at the same time, I mean, it keeps changing it up. He's laughing out there. He's it's, having fun with he's, you today. He's really having fun. <laughs> I'm noticing, I'm so used to the flow of talk, 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 and Amir Amir likes to play around. Um, The point he wants to make is when you're in your mind in the hypothetical, thinking about a future time when this might arise, you're not getting all the download that happens when it's happening. Yes. But what you can do in the moment you're in without projecting to another place is be totally present right now, this second. And expanding from there. And that's the preparation, isn't it? For it everything. Is. Just for everything. And what if that presence and what if, what if that preparation turns out to be a complete flap? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's what it is today. It's like I'm getting in my car to go from point A to point B. What if my car has a flat? It has a flat. It either has to be fixed or I have to get a different car. The point is, I'm not ready to go from point A with point to point B with this particular vehicle. If I'm not getting the messages, sit and relax and be. I'm going to tell you about the experience I had, um, I forget, a day ago or two days ago. I was out at one of the hospitals in San Diego helping a good lady pass. And... As she was going through the process, the body signs that she was showing and displaying was different than what I was used to. So I was there sitting and for a moment or two, for a little while, I was confused. And then I decided that, okay, um, this is a new experience for me, so let me just blank out my mind and observe completely and see what the lesson is, what's coming in. Nothing came in. So I went out and I got the nurse. 
you know, everything that the death doulas do is all non-medical. So you get the nurse, you bring them in and say, you know, this is what's going on. And this lady is moving and she's she's not following or going along the lines that I, she's not meeting my expectations. I didn't put it in those words, but that's basically what it was. And she has some explanation for it. Oh, this happened and uh, because of this, that happened, so on and so forth. And I understand I'm being vague because of HIPAA regulations. I don't want to share any details. It's out of respect. I said, okay, fine. And the nurse went away and I observed some more and it repeated. Got the nurse again, same similar conversation. And again, she went away. The third time she came and I insisted, well, you know, very gently, what about this and what about that? And could you check this and check that? And she looked around and she examined her and said, oh, that thing is not working the way it's supposed to be. There was something out of its norm, you know, like you're dealing with a live body, so things happen. And the next step was, okay, we, not me, they have to correct the situation. And it engaged, involved some more serious kind of treatment. So they had to wait and get a special unit to come down and perform the particular task that was needed. The whole time, the lady going through the transitioning process, she was opening her eyes and she was trying to communicate there is something wrong here. Wow. Us not understanding it was difficult for her. So she kept sending the message back. (laughs) And the initial attempt was to explain why she's doing it from an outsider point of view. But that was not correct. The correct thing was something is not working the way that it's supposed to be working. They got it. And, you know, we are surrounded with loving, caring, wonderful people. Please do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying people did wrong or this and that. No, life happens, you know. Again, you can replace life with a four-letter word. (laughs) (laughs) Once the situation and the particular details were corrected, she went back into complete peace and being. Everything went back to the way that it was supposed to be. So even in her last and the latest stages of life, she was still communicating, just not verbally, in a different manner. And being completely present is what allows you to feel to, I don't want to say to know. It isn't about knowing It's not about knowing. It is not about knowing anything, but being present. What are the words for it? Presence? It's, think of it this Conscious way. Conscious presence. It's presence, yeah. It, think, about, think about it this way. Um, you buy a ticket and you go to a movie theater. If you're present and you're following the movie, chances are you're going to enjoy the movie. But right. if you're constantly talking or texting or doing something else you're listening on your to phone, the guy behind you talking, <laughs> you're not going to get the subject. You're not going to enjoy the movie. Right. Life is pretty much the same way. I, we just forget practicing. Yes, I think being it's. Present. 
you're you're so right because I think I'm going to stop and figure out what do I remember how can I how can I because you want to make it better mm-hmm. and it's quieting that the biggest gift you can give is the presence mm-hmm. and she was able to communicate with you because when you're present when you're actively consciously present you're able to whatever it is it's like there's this. no dig- there are no words because it's whatever it is exactly yes. it's like Thank this you. If I'm I'm having this conversation with you and your good listeners, if I see you listening, I'm encouraged to continue. If I constantly see you with your body language or whatever that's happening, you're not paying attention, well, it's like these people are not interested in what I have to say. So why should I be interested in saying it? I'm going to shut down. Hmm. And people do. It's, it's interesting because... Um, I've heard so often, and they're chiming in now, when people are getting ready to go out, maybe they can communicate, maybe they can't. But they want to get that out there. But people who are surrounding them very often, because of our humanness, are in the middle of what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's no right or wrong. We're feeling it. It's like, you know, when a parent goes... We haven't had a day without them in our lives. We're not equipped for that. Yes. If it's a child, it's, it's a, you know, there's so many different ways. I love hearing about your being able to, I put it in air quotes, hear. How do we hear things? How do we hear? You know, do you hear audibly? Do you hear as a download in your brain? There are so many ways that we hear. Um, we had a situation where a friend of ours, their son is one of our kids' besties. She had an aneurysm, and she spent over a week in a state where she was, I I believe, conscious, but really unable to respond. She was not responsive, but she was conscious. We went there, and I think it could happen distance, but I would happen to be in the room, and I could feel her say, you know, I'm going to check out what I think the doctors are looking for this, and I'm going to check out if this part works or that part works. I, I'm looking to try and stay here, and that was, you know. So we got a little bit of that that was going on. Eventually, there was a lot going on, and she ended up leaving her body transitioning after a bunch of days. But while she was still in body, I would go in there, and she would say, okay, I want to talk to this one. And again, this is not audibly. She was, you know, she was channeling. She would focus the way that lady was focusing Mm -hmm. for you and it it really cracked me up once because she said oh and my son you know one of her other sons i i need you know this this and this and i want him to you know and yeah why don't you go get him and then i heard her say okay we're all done for now (laughs) and i looked at her and smiled and i could feel her twinkle because i i know her it isn't like we hung out all the time i wish we did more but we do quite a bit now (laughs) our kids do and that's sweet um I, I could feel her honesty and authenticity of like, hey, I got work to do here. And I was doing what I could do to help her. We, we weren't chit-chatting. It's like, okay, go get them now. Mm-hmm. You're dismissed. And I loved it. I love that she was that, you know, clear. She was, she, look, we learn with each and every one. We learn so much. And we're available to hear, feel, all the things. But it's really beyond words. It's really about presence. It's really about presence. And talking about that, like you're saying, you never know what's going to happen, do you? No. How it's going to go. 
I think your first question was, uh, how do I uh, yes. pick up messages, so on and so forth. I just sense things. And as you have probably noticed, I have this strange, weird capability of taking one situation and applying it to something completely differently and just making it an application kind of setup. I love that. The secondary is visual. So when I go in meditation and when I practice being present and practice uh, just being without complicating it, uh, sometimes, a lot of times I get visual pictures, but mostly of energies, of colors, of lights. I don't see movies in my head, even though sometimes I do, but, you know, like it's occasional. The trick is not to try to discover or announce any of this. Right. <laughs> yes. The trick is not to label ourselves. You will never find me calling myself short or mid-size or tall or thin or fat. Even though I am some of those, when we label ourselves in a particular way, we are basically saying, don't send me or don't interact with me on other platforms or in other channels, if you will. I don't know what's coming. I don't know everything about me. Yes, I'm in my 60s, but I'm still discovering me. So, and that's the beauty of it. That's the power of it. And nothing that I'm saying, good listeners, is specific to me. Every single one of us are in the same boat. Yes. I have not yet met anybody who knew themselves a hundred percent. Why do I say that? A lot of times they declare it. <laughs> say, I thought I was going to do this, but I ended up doing that. Okay. What does that mean? I surprised myself. And surprises are nice, are good, are discoveries. I never knew I was going to sit across a table and have this conversation with you on this podcast. And it just came. And you invited me. And I said, great, let's just have it. And I hope you, and I don't know if your listeners know, um, none of this is scripted. Nope. None of this is pre-planned. Nope. It's just <laughs> flowing, right? Now, within this context, we can do this. Within other uh, situations, it may not be possible. For example, if I'm going to a business meeting and I'm trying to sell my services or close a deal or something, obviously I'm going to take a different approach. Right. I'm not going to be, ooh, let's just all flow and see what happens <laughs> with this business deal. It's like, no, business is a different world. But we are not talking about business at the moment here. We are talking about being we are talking about loving for example a lot of people say i don't believe in this stuff god knows how many times i've heard that oh yeah okay good yeah do you have children yes do you love your children yes of course what kind of question is that how do you know i feel it oh okay mm -hmm. there it is so what's your point i made my point <laughs> that was the end of the conversation you know. it's so simple and it just is it isn't work you know I was thinking 
you know, when we think of the things you're doing and that we want to do to be of service and help, think, oh boy, we have to be so brave. We have to be so, and it's like, I don't, I don't always feel brave before I channel. No. And I cry sometimes after I channel because it's, you know, we can bring whatever we are to it and not worry about what we are, what we aren't. That's a lot of conditioning. It's too much labeling. Right. We're a soul inside a body and that soul can accompany and be present for and mm. can love and expand and be authentic. And that's really just who we are. And at the end of the day, for as long as your best guide, uh, your best guiding system is how you feel. Right. If you feel good, if you feel happy, if you feel joyful, rinse and repeat as often as you can. Except for drugs and alcohol and so <laughs> <laughs> nasty stuff that will destroy your body. Well, but if you don't something is giving you a clue that maybe this is not necessarily the best path for you. You're only going to hear that if you're ready to hear it. Right. And learning the right path for you, Amir is saying, you could tell by my smile. Yep. And our hearts were connected. I never felt disconnected. I never felt... And... and you know, to be to be honest, we, we talked a little bit about some people going out alone and some people, you know, I channel for people who will go out with trauma so quickly. And sometimes they'll be standing there and looking at what happened. And it isn't until they turn and see their grandmother that passed and then they yell, oh, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, but the alone is not our perception of alone. Mm-hmm. It isn't, because the souls are surrounding, if somebody is having a more conscious transition, even if they're alone in the physical sense of the body, they're sensing the loved ones around them. As soon as somebody is in, in the transition, with the transition, they're caught and held and loved. All of that is going on. We're wearing our overcoat and our instrument like we were saying but it doesn't make us any less but that brain likes to overthink and make sure we get it right how can i best how can i you know and at the same time we don't want them to go it's the biggest dichotomy we could ever deal with yep and so we're getting pulled like a tug of war but we're the rope and it could tear us apart and then you come back to center and just go okay it's life yeah which brings up the wonderful um fun thought of what do people experience when they're coming into life, like the baby in their mother's womb? I wonder if it's similar. Wouldn't that be a trip? That's really, yeah, that's uh, the book we're working on now, actually, is about souls coming in. And the networking that happens when that's taking place. Yeah, we'll be talking a lot about that. But yeah, thank you. Because uh, that's, that's the one we're working on now. So there is Alan's plug for your upcoming book. Hey, thank you, Alan. (laughs) Hey, Alan, come up with a great name for it like you did for the first one. (laughs) Love is greater than pain. I can't thank him enough and thank you enough. And the sharing, the growing. You know, Harry and I, we just love, we are family. We 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 love this family family and we've become family over the years and we could not be more grateful. Thank you for having me on air. It's been, it's always a joy and quite educational spending time with you and it's fun and it's great. It's, it's been awesome. 
I can't believe it's been this long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's really funny. He says, you know, like becoming family, he laughed and he said, soul family, soul family, and, and you meet up, but your family before you even meet up. And that happens with all of us. And it's Absolutely. really beautiful. And with dogs and cats, I know. I was, a bunch of kids just said to say that. <laughs> I just so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Marilyn. Yeah. Good to, to be here. Thank you. And hey, I'm here. <laughs> Until we meet again, everybody, remember, they're with you. They love you. Take a deep breath. And remember, they may be past, but they're present. Bye-bye. Thank you for sharing this energy and space. Together, we collaborate, raising the vibration for all. I'm Marilyn Cap, author of Love is Greater Than Pain, and you can find me at MarilynCapp.com. Remember, the healing continues with those who are past yet present. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.